Hey everyone, it's been a hot minute since I came on and posted anything here on the podcast. Um, I do apologize for that. Uh, as you know, if you uh, listened to my last episode, I was in the middle of moving. We purchased a house we moved in in June and we weren't planning on doing any major renovations, but um, one thing led to another and we did some renovations. So I had contractors in my house most of the summer and my kids and my husband. So it was kind of difficult to find a place where I could record quietly with all the banging and everything going on here. So that's why I have been absent, but I plan on getting back uh, and posting here um, on a regular basis again. I'm not really sure what that's going to look like right now um, because I am super busy with my businesses, but um, I'm hoping to get one out at least once every two weeks, if not a little bit more. So I'm going to see how my schedule is going to permit for that. So please be patient with me. I appreciate it. Um, so I hope you're all doing well and you are navigating this uh, crazy time in life called perimenopause, menopause, where you're at. Um, if you've already gone through the change and you uh, have stopped your periods for a full year, then most likely you are in menopause. I personally haven't reached that yet. I'll be turning 50 very soon, actually in November. And I'm just wondering, like, when is this going to happen? So I heard the average age is 51, but, you know, everybody is different. Anyway, so really, um, you know, making this process run more smoothly is what it's all about. And really tuning, fine-tuning our body, fine-tuning our diet, and really taking care of ourselves during this time is going to be so, so important so that we can avoid any awful, nasty symptoms. Um, for me, I would say over the summer, I slacked a little bit, wasn't doing as much cleansing. Yes, I was still taking out some of the tools that I use on a regular basis, uh, avoiding all the foods that upset my stomach and upset my system. But, you know, I, I did enjoy myself. I had a few glasses of wine during the summer, a couple too many, maybe at some times, but you know what? I, I did, um, a really huge, uh, cleanse just before the summer. So I said, you know what? I'm going to have a few with my friends and, you know, just have some fun. But I did notice that the, the next month I did notice that I was feeling a little off. So it goes to show you just changing one thing can really have an effect on our hormones. So uh, so this, this particular episode, we are going to be talking about how to become a fat burning machine, how to boost your metabolism and have uh, better metabolic balance, uh, as well as metabolic flexibility. So stay tuned. Let's get to it. Hey there, and welcome to the Over 40 and Sexy podcast. I'm Tanya D, nutritionist and former hormone hot mess. <laughs> yes, yes, that was me not too long ago. Listen, are you currently experiencing or struggling with weight gain, mood swings, or hot flashes? And just don't plain feel great in your skin anymore? Midlife doesn't have to be a hot mess. Listen, sister, I know exactly how you feel. I'm here to share with you my best nutrition and health and mindset tips to make the season of change a smoother one. Let's dig in. OK, 
Okay, so let's start by talking about what metabolic flexibility is uh, and how to attain that. So uh, metabolic flexibility means that your body's metabolism is flexible and can use whatever fuel is available to it, whether that's fuel from food that you're eating or fuel already stored in your body, say as fat. Um, if you've eaten a snack or a meal recently, your body will metabolize that food and use it for energy production. But if it's been a while since you ate last, um, your metabolism can switch over to burning fuel that's already in your body. So uh, like I said, fat or sugar stores. Um, scientists refer to these fuel burning process as fat oxidation and glucose oxidation. So in pre-industry times, uh, so before we had restaurants and grocery stores, humans were metabolically flexible by necessity. So some days there was plenty of food and other days there wasn't enough to go around. So metabolic flexibility allowed people to go days without eating and feel fine. The same is true to some degree in our modern society, such as when we're doing high intensity exercise or have high levels of energy expenditure throughout the day. Uh, our bodies need to adapt and use the right amount of fuel depending on the situation. Two factors that can lead to metabolic inflexibility, um, so having your body be wired to have metabolic flexibility, these two things can uh, deter it from metabolic flexibility. So that would be insulin resistance and type 2 but diabetes. So the standard American diet or any diet high in carbs can have a detrimental effect on our meta metabolic flexibility. Um, so the standard American diet emphasizes on eating carbohydrates and eating them frequently. At minimum, three meals a day plus snacks to carry you in between. Eating this way, it customizes your body to look for carbs for energy. And when carbs go missing, your body clamors for more and you end up with fatigue cravings and distraction until you can refuel taken together this can lead to weight gain in some individuals so this was the case for me uh, a few years ago I just was um, actually uh, when I was pregnant with my um, fourth child I um, was having these issues so I really needed to uh, hone in and get rid of the carbohydrates and stop snacking regularly. Uh, I found that really, really helped uh, increase my metabolic flexibility. And um, after I had him and a few years went by, I was able to drop all the weight um, and feel much better and not as hungry as well. When I kept eating those carbohydrates every couple of hours, it was just like a vicious cycle. I just wanted to keep eating and eating and eating and it just would not go away. So uh, let's talk about insulin resistance for a minute. So um, insulin resistance is what happens when you eat carbs and your cells do not open up to receive the resulting fuel. A high carb diet can lead to insulin resistance because frequent surges of insulin have um, a desensitizing effect, okay? So being insulin resistant, um, which can be a precursor to type 2 diabetes and sometimes occurs in obese individuals, includes symptoms like feeling extremely hungry or thirsty, frequent urination, tingling hands and feet, fatigue, and 
frequent infections. You can help stave off insulin resistance and improve your insulin sensitivity with steps like eating a low carb diet or doing some sort of lifestyle change like eating more fats or perhaps incorporating some intermittent fasting, which I do recommend. We just have to do it the right way, especially during our middle years and we don't want to disturb our hormones. So we have to find out what balance of intermittent fasting is gonna work best for us. Okay, so how to become metabolically flexible, everybody wants to know. So um, you don't need to take drastic steps overnight, of course, but you may need to shift what you eat and when you eat to encourage flexibility in your body's fat metabolism and glucose metabolism. So as with any dietary change, be sure to consult with your doctor and nutritionist first and be sure to mention any family history of obesity, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, pre-diabetic diagnosis. And remember, there's no one size fits all approach to this, okay, or anything else. All right, so we need to find out what works best for us and make sure that we are consulting our healthcare practitioners. Um, it's said that a ketogenic diet can help with your metabolic flexibility because you are taking out the carbs, you're increasing that with high fat, uh, higher protein diet. Um, so I think that uh, a ketogenic diet can be okay for a short period of time, but not long term for us in perimenopause and menopause. I think it disrupts the, it disrupts the hormones too much. So I like to do some intermittent fasting, which can also also bring us into ketosis for short periods of time and um, helps to um, rev our metabolism and you know make ourselves more f flexible because we're we're basically uh, giving ourselves depending on what we're doing a 12 hour fasting window possibly 14 16 hours i personally don't go past 16 hour fasting window i just find that it it does disrupt my hormones and i don't do a 16 hour fasting window very often um but you can you can certainly uh, try something, you know, maybe try to start with 12 hours, see how you feel, go up to 14, see how you feel, go up to 16, see how you feel. I can only do one or two days of, of uh, 16 hours. Um, I might do once a week a 16 hour and that is plenty for me to keep my metabolism flexible. Okay. Um, so intermittent fasting allows you to burn enough fat to use for energy while releasing the levels of toxins that your body can handle. All right. Intermittent fasting plus cyclical ketosis. So that's what happens when you intermittent fast. You are in fact going into ketosis for a short period of time, um, is when it's one of the fastest ways to increase metabolic flexibility. It gets your body used to using the fuel it's av that's available and your system won't go into a panic whenever uh, one fuel selection, glucose, glycogen, or fat isn't available. So I don't know if any of you have experienced a blood sugar attack. So you've gone two hours, three hours without food because the last meal that you ate probably contained some sort of carbohydrate. You get to that three hour period and you start shaking, feeling sweaty, feeling awful. You need to grab those carbs again to keep up um, feeling okay without passing out. Like I used to get these all the time. And the truth is, is that the carbs that you're eating is causing this. And the fact that you are depending on the carbs is just basically a vicious cycle that goes around and around and cannot stop. 
So really good to find out how to break this cycle and what's best for yourself, depending on where you're at in your health journey. Okay. So if you want to learn more, a little more about intermittent fasting, um, I do offer one-on-one consultations and sessions so you can get in touch with me. I'd be more than happy to sit down with you, go over your health history and look at where you're at with your diet and make some recommendations to you as to how you can become more metabolically flexible. Um, So please feel free to get in touch. I'll drop my email down in the um, section in the notes, but also you can reach out to me um, on Instagram if you want as well. I've changed my handle to Tanya d goes gray because yes i am going gray gray hair i'm i'm uh, trying to grow out my grays and embrace that Uh, so you can find me over there on instagram if you have any more questions about wanting to become metabolically flexible and a fat burning machine so just a summary really really important to be getting your good fats in your day making sure that you're reducing your carbohydrates. Um, if cravings are a real issue for you, then you know we could you could look at why you're getting the cravings. Is it really a craving that you're having? Is it an emotional eating thing that could be popping up? Um, so really document when you get a craving uh, for these carbohydrates, like where is it coming from? It could be coming from the fact that your your gut microbiome is off as well. This happens often and it's not you that's actually craving the carbs. It's actually the, the microbiome. You're, you're, maybe you have a dysbiosis. Maybe there's more bad bacteria in there that is thriving on sugar and it's making you feel cranky and lightheaded and brain fog. So you need to look and see why um, maybe it's not so easy for you to ditch the carbohydrates and really figuring that out is going to be huge in being able to become metabolically flexible. So uh, I'd love to hear from you again. um, I'm going to be posting um, hopefully every couple weeks, hopefully more than that, but I will definitely be back. So I thank you so much for dropping in today. Have a great day. Bye.